This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Defeat at the hands of the champions leaves the stag season on the edge. It's not impossible to make the playoffs, but in defeat, it became a whole lot harder. All the little 1% are now adding up to hinder our progress. With Elliot Hewitt, the as yet uncrowned winner of pretty much everyone's Pro of the Season award, the latest to be hit by the injury curse. Tonight we'll look back on missed opportunity as the fine margins of then and now mean with two games to go, we now require the help of others to achieve our dreams. We'll also chat injuries, outside interference, realistic chances and discuss the future direction should the Stags fail to clinch that top seven finish. As always, we value and encourage your comments, questions and opinions in the show's live feed. So come along and have your say on your team on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Hope that you're all doing all right and having a fantastic week and aren't too dampened by the results at home to Leighton Orient. Get in the comments, have your say on your team. What did you think of the result? Have Mansfield blown the playoffs or is it all still to play for? We've got plenty to talk about tonight and plenty of people joining us to do it as well. So let's say hello, good evening and welcome to Mr Clive Parkin. Good evening, Craig. And we'll also be joined later on by Mr. Alan Wilson. And also in the interim, as Nathan is still in Spain, as Cam is holding the baby, or the toddler, should I say, uh, tonight, and Nick is still working on sorting his garage out after his uh, house move, I'm delighted to say that we've opened up the phone lines this evening to be joined um, by uh, a gentleman who always uh, has a chat with me on a home game and has been a long-time viewer of the Mansfield Matters podcast. His name is Jim Evans. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Good. Nice to be on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for, for giving up your time and joining us. Now, you were supposed to be on, on the visual panel tonight, uh, but as you explained to me the first time when you messaged us and, and said, I'd love to be on the podcast, but I knew what was coming. It's I either don't have a laptop or I'm rubbish with technology and I've got an old phone. And that's exactly what happened, isn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah rubbish with technology, old phone and no laptop. Yeah, that's <laughs> three ticks there, so... Who knows? We might get you into the, the modern age. If Clive can do it, anyone can do it. But we've got you on the phone. We've got your little voice of uh, on the screen as well, so people know uh, that you're speaking. So there are three of us tonight, despite there being only two of us on screen um, so far. Uh, we'll come to you in just a second, Jim. Obviously, you can hear everything that Clive's saying, but we'll just test it once again. Clive, if you'd like to say uh, hello to Jim. Uh, good evening, Jim. Not seen you since we bumped into you in the car park before the game. Yeah, good evening, Clive. You okay? Yeah, not bad. And just by uh, in replying without me saying anything, I know it all works. Right, the technology is sorted. Show me about the Stags, Clive. I have no complaints about the result at all. They were a far better team than we, and they deserve to win. Um, uh, but having said that, what we witnessed against Leighton Orient was a knackered um, scraping, scraping of the barrel of our team, doing their very best they could under the circumstances. 
Yeah, it was a very difficult night for us. Um, obviously, results-wise, it, it was what it was. I think most people would have predicted that beforehand uh, anyway. We'll delve into the, the crux of why later on. Adam's just dropped us a comment as well. We'll talk about that once Alan gets here later, because Clive noticed it as well. Uh, so we'll talk about Alan's little faux pas later on. Um, and as always, if you guys at home uh, are watching the live feed and you want to have your say, Get involved in the comments now. Uh, Jim, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, we were chatting before Tuesday night's game and we were saying if we can win this or if we can get a draw, it will give us some belief. But I think in our heart of hearts, we knew that even though they have been crowned champions a couple of days before, it was still going to be uh, a tough night on the Orient Express. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping that they'd, they'd wrapped up promotion, they'd wrapped up the title, that the, you know the flip-flops would be on, but... I think even in third gear, I think they were just too much for us. Um, and they they just ran rings around us, really, didn't they? I, it reminded me of the last last game of last season when Forest Green came and they'd already been promoted. I mean, they were still fighting for the title that day, but they just cut us to ribbons at will. And it reminded me a bit of that. It's a difficult one to, to ponder over, Clive, isn't it? Because, you know... If we'd have had a fully fit squad, I think it'd have been a completely different game. But we are so much down to the bare bones now that the lineup picks itself. It's basically put your hands up if you can if you can manage sixty minutes, and we'll and we'll try and manage it as uh, as best we can. So in the circumstances, you know, a two-one defeat actually isn't isn't too hard to, hard to take. I think, I think even if we haven't got this monstrous uh, injury problem, we'd have still have to work. Really hard to get anything out of the game, and I think you know they're, they're champions for a reason, and that is that they've consistently played well throughout the year. They must have had injuries along the way, like everybody else. I think we've had more than we deserve. Um, but no, no complaints about the result. I thought they were worthy winners, and, and I have to say that, um, like Jim, I remember the last game of last season when we played Forest Green. And if you're a good team and have performed at a high level all season, you're not going to take your foot off the off the throttle. You're going to want to win every game, and we would in that situation, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, we would. Um, I just turn your mic up a little bit. I think yours is, I think it's because I moved it away from my mouth a little bit. It's a really uh, dodgy microphone, I'm afraid. Had to go with a little bit of a shambles kit uh, tonight because uh, we've got the phone call going on and everything. I'm still waiting for the delivery of a new microphone. When will that sponsorship money come in? Um, hopefully one of these days. Uh, Stag's chat in the comments says, it will end the Mansfield Townway on the edge of our seat with Man uh, with Mansfield, who will make the playoffs. That is the million-dollar question, isn't it, uh, that we're asking tonight, Jim? Will Mansfield Town make the playoffs? My head of heads and my heart of hearts says it's going to be an agonising uh, final day of the campaign where we're going to need other results to go our way. We'll do our job, but other results will conspire against, and I think we will just miss out. Do you know what? I'm looking at the fixtures. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we just scrape in them, you know, but if we do, even if we do, I, I don't think we're going to do anything in them, if I'm, if I'm completely honest with you. I, I even think we'll beat Harrogate on Saturday, you know, our bogey team. But um, I, I just think on... We've got that many injuries at the moment. We're not in fantastic form, even though we had that unbeaten run. And I just think we're going to be coming up against cranked up good sides in the playoffs. And I don't, I, I, my gut says it's not going to happen this year, if I'm quite honest. Clive, what's yours saying? Is your is your head saying uh, no, but your heart saying yes, or vice versa? Uh, with the least favourites to take that last verse, I think. Um, we, have to, we have to start by beating Harrogate. Um, if we get three points from Harrogate, we're in a situation where it all just swing on. The last game, I think, uh, and, and the fixtures could well work out for us. But I'm, I'm with Jim. I don't think we thoroughly deserve to be in that group. I think uh, we've we've allowed ourselves to lose too many points for all sorts of reasons. Um, I'd be delighted if we are, but again, if we find ourselves in the gang of four, um, anything can happen. But we don't appear to be the best equipped squad going into that situation. Even though by the time the Playoff start, we should have had a couple of people back off the injury bench. Um, but, you know, it strikes me that we, we get injured anyway. You know, we get injured when we have a game on. So we yeah, we have a situation now where our, our most competent, most reliable, and most robust player got injured last week. It's such a shame, really. But uh, 
you know, I mean, I have to say, I, I, we've been critical of certain players over the season, and, and certainly of, of squads, of the squad's overall attitude on occasions. But in this last couple of games, they've shown absolute heart. They've worked their guts out to try and get something from a very difficult set of circumstances. And the, I, the, there's nobody I'll be critical of in, in the squad at the moment. They're all having to do what they've got to do, not necessarily playing where the best they want to play. And I think, I don't think he would have been injured had he been playing on the right side, right hand side of the park. Yeah, me neither. I think he was always trying to get it on his favourite foot, and I think that's what created the problem down there, where he got injured down there as much as anything. But these things happen. Yeah, he's, he's required to play where he's required, required to play. Um, you, you could uh, you could argue that it's the players that are, haven't come back off the injury list that have put him in that position. Yeah, I think so. It's a really, really tough one. I'm just going to ask you, Clive, if you can just exit and come back in. It's just gone really crackly in my headphones when uh, you were talking. So I, I, just you were. I think you're fine for everybody else, but I think it's just me. So it just might be my end. So we'll get Clive back in just a second. Uh, as always, keep your comments uh, coming in. Simon says uh, Saturday was a match too far for the depleted squad. I think you might have meant Tuesday. Um, uh, can't fault the players' efforts up against a very good team with fresh legs. Uh, twists and turns to go top with a few playing each other, says Adam. Um, but then we can shoot ourselves in the foot. Uh, I want Bradford to choke. Um, I think it wasn't just me. I think it was Clive's connection. So we'll hopefully try again. Is he there? Let's let's try again. I, I, I think he's just missed about some wires. Hello. Hang on. There he is. That's better. That's a lot better. That's know. better. Yeah, I, I can hear him better. How's that? Oh, that's 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 better. I don't know what you've done, but it's it, it smiles better. Were you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sounding better. Uh, there we go. Uh, Touchwood connection problems are out of the way, so we're we're all good. Um, you were you were talking about Elliot Hewitt. We'll come to that in just a second because we've just had another man uh, pop into the uh, the waiting room. So, Jim, shall we shall we admit the man in the the waiting room? Yeah, go for it. Clive, should we admit him? Yes, as long as he's, he's sure where he is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your man of the match. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. I've just kicked him out by mistake. Good evening, Craig, Clive, everybody. Good evening. How are you? Hi, Alan. I'm all right. All right. How are we doing? Are you okay? Very good, mate. We've got Jim on the phone with us uh, tonight to make up a panel of uh, to make up a panel of four. So uh, lots of different voices uh, talking uh, this evening. But before we delve into anything, Alan, we've got to address one thing in the room, haven't we, Clive? We were talking about it before the show. We've had a couple of comments about it. Let's get it out of the way, and then we can talk football. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, and I, I still don't believe it happened. I think someone's having a joke with me. But they told me at some point you announced that they were bringing on some substitutes. From Newport County. No. That unless you've got, unbeknown to me, if that's the case, unbeknown to me. Well, it, clearly, if it was true, it would have been unbeknown to you because you wouldn't knowingly <laughs> announce substitutes from Newport County at a game no. involving Lake Norian. But I just no. think it's it's yet another sign of old age, Alan. <laughs> Is that it? Well, yeah. if I did, you know, I can only apologise. I thought you was on about. I thought you were referring to the little. Moments pause before I did the man of the match. Oh, well, we were going to come to that. Yeah, yeah. The the fortnight between announcing twenty four <laughs> and Alfie Gilgore. Yeah, I really bless you. Realised <laughs> that you're happening with this Stewart. As I normally tell who's got the man of the match, and I'll say, you know, next time ball goes out after ninety, ninety two, whatever. But it didn't come in till late. The subs were going on, and so I realised that I hadn't text Stewart in time. So I was just trying to give him that second or two just to put it up on the screen. But, you know, it is what it is. It made the crowd laugh. Listen, from a, from from the man who is famed for, um, has been exchanged, I think it's a new one in, in, in the life of Alan Wilson. And I'm all for it. And do you know what? That was the most entertaining part of uh, Tuesday night, Alan, wasn't it? <laughs> was it? And to say, I was a bit disappointed. I thought we were... What would I was thinking of a word or a phrase before I came on, and it's completely gone now since I've rushed on to get back. But uh, we just we seem to uh, run out of steam, shall we say? Yes, that we, we did. did. 
Yeah, we, we certainly did. Um, Jim, uh, obviously, in that game against Leighton Orient, we, we had that thing, didn't we, at the start of hope. We had that little thing of uh, getting that goal early doors and it, it gave us that little bit of hope. But I think by now we should all realise that it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. I, th- I think we get a bit carried away with our expectations, I think. We all seem to think we should be winning the league every year. Um but yeah, I mean, we, we started really brightly with with the goal from from DKD, and we think go on and get that second one. But I think reality kicked in, and we realised we we're playing the best team in the league, and um, it just wasn't to be. Uh, they had a bit yeah. of luck though, Jim, didn't they? I mean, the, the the first goal they scored came off the post. It could have gone anywhere, but it went to one of their players. All I would say is he was alert, and we weren't. I was about to say, yeah, um, that's exactly what happened with the penalty the previous week, wasn't it? They were alert and we weren't, and they managed to get a goal that had been saved as a penalty. So, we, lessons, been, there's lessons in there, I think. There are. Did you think they lessons. were quicker than us, though? Yes. A lot quicker yeah. than us. They were quicker on their feet and quicker in thought, I thought. But, but, but I, I'm not having a go at our team over this at all. I just think we were such a threadbare, knackered up squad that we did as much as we could possibly have done in the day. No lack of effort at all. No. Not at all. I think, I think that's just it, isn't it? People are just tired now. and They've been running on empty for the last few weeks and it's just, there's only so long you can run on empty and adrenaline. There's a limit. And when you come up against a team like that, it's just, there's, there's going to be one one outcome, really. We've had no luck at all this season. Let's be clear about it. We've had some really shoddy officials. I want to talk about the late night official as well in a bit. But we've had some shoddy officials. We've had some bad luck. We've had more than our share of injuries. Uh, and we've had situations that, are, that should be 50-50, but they never are. They are 90-10s against us. You know, we, our, the look of getting the second ball, it's just not happened for us all season. Then, of course, you throw in the injuries and the, and the um, some of the dubious recruitment we did earlier in the season. And I'll say this, had we had Alfie Kilgore from the beginning of the season, I don't think we'd have been in this problem. That's exactly why I named this week's episode the fine margins of then and now, because it really is those fine margins. You look at the Kilgore situation when he comes in in January, it says, oh, I nearly signed in the summer. Same with Callum Johnson. It's those little differences which which do make a a huge difference in in the bigger picture of things. But you can't do anything about it now with, with two games to go. You are where you are. You've got where you've got and you have to learn from it next season. That's the biggest thing for me, Alan, that I hope is that we do learn from it for next season. Let's If we go after a player in the summer and they turn us down and they go for another move, let's not go after them again in January. That's, you know, they've turned us down once, bugger them off. All right, you know, I hold my hands up and say Kilgore and Johnson. Johnson's still got a lot more to, to give, I think, but certainly Kilgore has been a fantastic asset for us. So he's the anomaly in terms of rechasing that target. But if you... You've got to think for me, if it costs you that extra, you know, few quid, that extra two or three percent in terms of a wage, then it's worth spending because it could be the difference between promotion and heartbreak. Uh, can I just jump in, Craig? Can I just say, yeah, yes, we've had a lot of injuries. Obviously, we, that's all plain to see. But the, I, I just do, still feel the squad is just too damn small. I mean, you look at Northampton when we played them and they beat us one nil a few weeks ago. They had more players out than we did, and they're still in their second. Because they've got a squad big enough to anticipate the absences. And I, I just think it, it cost us last season at times, and it's the same again. I don't think we have learned this season that with the squad size, it's just too damn small. Alan, what's your response to that? And then we'll touch upon my, uh, my point. Well, Matt, to go back to what you said about Callum Johnson, it wasn't till probably, I don't know, last week or maybe the week before that I'd heard that he can play at left back. Now, if that's the case, I would like to have seen Callum Johnson play at left-back and keep Elliot Hewitt where is you know, it'd been unbelievable all season. Admitted, you know, you, you have to chop and change, but I didn't realise that Callum Johnson can play left-back. That was my only thought from the other night, you know, put him there, leave Elliot where he is. And, I mean, obviously, with hindsight, Elliot probably wouldn't have been injured now. But, yeah. you know, that's another story. Yeah, especially with the left-back thing, with the whole, uh, you know, Riley Harbottle can play there as well, but that's another thing <laughs> Will Swan to, to touch upon. Uh, Clive, I just want to go back to what I was saying a minute ago about, you know, pushing those extra 2 or 3% in uh, in the summer transfer window. Regardless of what we do this season, we'll come back to that 
that shortly. But next season, if we're going to learn from anything from this one, it's uh, to push that extra little bit harder and go that 2 or 3% more to secure these signings, to make those thin differences, which are the differences. Yeah, I mean, we don't have the uh, financial numbers to look at um, and the club has to run its business in the way it think, thinks fit. And I think Clough has been given the mandate to operate within a fairly strict budget. That's going to constrain the number of players we've got. I, I agree with Jim to a point that we needed a few more players than we've actually got. But the, the challenge then as a manager is what do you do with the players that aren't getting the regular game? Because there isn't a reserve league come to play in. Uh, and it, you'll end up trying to psychologically manage your squad rather than managing your squad to play football. And I think, um, we, we, but having said that, no one, I don't mean that anybody could have expected us to have up to 10 key players injured at any one time. If there's a bright light in all this, I think it's, uh, Louis Freed looked good when he, when he played. Uh, and he, got, he obviously wasn't fully fit and he'll take a couple of games to get back to fitness. But if we are magically in the playoffs, he could be really key, I think. Yeah, he played really well when he came on. You know, them 40-odd cross-field cross passes, you know, straight to the uh, person that who intended it to be. It, it did look it, it looked really good. But why do we keep, you know, passing across? We'd, you know, we were goal down. We needed a draw, at least. So why don't we just, you know... Uh, they, they were doing their job. They were doing their job, mate. They were just blocking yeah, they are. opportunities. And, and they did it successfully. Yeah, but Clive, when you you know when you ple keep playing it across the back and not you know chancing one forward, you know it's uh, it's just a bit mind blowing at times. I think it, it is one of those differences between an ordinary side and a really successful side is how they can penetrate from that defensive midfield structure into an attacking zone. You remember we got turned over by Swindon earlier in the season at our ground by yes. two, and that's because they had someone who could thread a diagonal pass yeah. into a winger. His name is Louis Reed. His name is Louis Reed. Uh, Absolutely, and of course, we 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 get Louis Reed and then get him injured straight away. So that's the bad luck bit again, isn't it? Yeah, typical Mansfield. Jim, do you want to jump in on that for a second? The diagonal ball. Well, yeah. it's exactly what Undy does at uh, Wembley, isn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I take on Clash points, but uh, Louis Reed, he didn't look. He, he looks the kind of player to me. He doesn't really have to be that fit to be effective. He just needs to sit there, a bit like Young Mulby style, as we. You know, people old enough to remember from the 80s and just get the ball and spray it. But um, I think our, our problem for me is at the, the business end of the pitch, at the attacking end. And we had chances to, to get that equaliser. We really did. And, and the one to outs particularly. And I think it, even though we're top scorers in the league this season, I don't know how. It doesn't feel like we, <laughs> doesn't feel like we should be. But um, our, our chance to conversion ratio must be shocking because we're just so wasteful. And I just think in the tight games, when you're up against the teams you can defend and you get one or two chances, we need to be we need to be ruthless with these chances. And I think that costs us as well. We can do it, Jim. We scored four from five chances down at um, Swindon. Yeah. On our day. Um, but again, we are top scorers. It doesn't feel like it because we've had too many disappointments behind us. Too many goals yeah. being shipped behind the, the scoreline. So it's cost, isn't it? It's been hard to do it week after week. Score two out of four, you know, rather than yeah. like Reese Oates on his day, he looks Ballon d'Or, doesn't he? But then other times, you know, he'll go. He's, five not, games, he's not been. He's not been at his best all season. I don't think. No. I mean, no, take no. the take the serious injury absences aside. When he was playing this year, he's not a patch on what he was the previous season, in my opinion. No, not often. I, I, I think we're just crying, we're crying out, and we have been for a while now, just a ruthless cutting edge who we can rely on. You know, you look at the top scorers chart for League Two, I don't think, where's our, our top player? You know, there's... Danny Johnson. Oh, yeah, and he's, he's barely kicked a ball for us. So I, I just think that would have made a big difference for me, a goal scorer, because we're just so wasteful. We create chance after chance. Yeah. But we just, you know, in those tight games where you just need somebody to be that difference, it just... It's just, you know, that would really have been been the difference for me. Let's delve into some more comments. Uh, keep them coming in tonight. Lots of discussion uh, to be had. If you're watching the live feed, feel free to do so. If you listen to the audio version of this, then uh, come and join us. Got not got many podcasts left of this season, but you're always welcome to come and join us. Make sure you, uh, you've you got your notifications on to find out when we're next going to be live. Uh, Richard says, thought some players were looking really tired and not firing. 
Aikens looked a bit washed out, felt the injuries were really starting to take their toll. Uh, Sara says, on a positive note, shots from Dunn, made to stun. Alan, what do you make of that one? Yeah, very good. 10 out of 10 for that one. Yeah, it gets the Alan Wilson seal of approval. That's what matters. Uh, Adam says the January transfer window was clever business. Then they then they got crocked in one half of a match or several matches. Um, Simon says players seem to, too scared to shoot in injury time. We constantly struggle against pace. Swindon, Salford, Orient. Um, and, and Adam also adds forward passes to Oates and Swan who run on to is the difference. Everything left and right to be crossed in when only Lucas is in the middle and other strikers stretched out on the other flank is not good enough. Has Danny Johnson got gone AWOL or really injured or or really injured or with a bad attitude? Johnson one's not worth discussing, but all I'll say is like I said to you before the game, Jim, isn't it? Um, if you're Danny Johnson at this stage of the season, your contract's up and you're thinking, I've barely played for this club since January. I'm not risking myself. Everyone else is getting injured. I'm not risking myself with an injury now. So my little injury may become a little bit bigger than what it is. Fabricating oh, the truth. Absolutely. He's got he's got his own situation to think about, which you know, is fair enough. You know, he's not a Stags fan, is he? He's, it's his job. And the way the way he's, you know, some people might say he's been treated at times, he's probably you know, his mind's elsewhere, isn't it? You know, he, he can't really fault him for that now. He's, he's one of many sort of strikers and players we seem to have not really given a fair crap to. For me, I mean, I'll go back to Andy Cook. I mean, he's, yeah. he's his top scorer in League Two, and he's, I don't think he got a fair crack either. Well, we, literally, we, the, the stat is without his goals, Bradford would probably be relegated because he, he's, oh. he's scored. Yeah. I think there's a Bradford fan who works with me, um, and I think he was telling me something around if. Andy Cook's got something around uh, 85, 87% of their goals this season, which is just absolutely phenomenal. It really does show what a difference that one player uh, can make and how you can build a style around that. Um, it, this is not Bradford um, banter, though. This is Mansfield matter. So we'll bring it back to the, the case in point, Alan. Um, and that is, of course, uh, Tuesday night at home to uh, Leighton Orient. And, you know, hats off to, to whoever organised uh, it. All right, they could have done us a favour in, in in not being bothered to, uh, to to play, because we did give them a guard of honour. We did do give them a champion sign. We did give them a nice round of applause and everything. You know, they just didn't didn't get the other part of the memo, did they? They didn't get the other side of the deal. <laughs> well, they they did they did for the first ten minutes. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, uh, we I've always alluded to getting that first goal is so important for Mansfield to move on and play well. But it's like, uh, I think it was Simon said in the uh, comments, Salford, Swindon, Leighton Orient, they all play with pace. And it seems to be the undoing of the Stags. You know, whether it's that threaded through ball that Clive was on about, anybody with pace seems to, you know, it seems to be our undoing, I'm afraid. Well, in our situation, Alan, the only players we've got that possess pace uh, are Oaks when he's fit, um, Swan when he's fit, and Hewitt, when he's allowed to play down the right-hand side of the park. Don't forget Barry. Barry hasn't got any pace anymore. Barry. <laughs> he's, got a, he's an intelligent player that can move about park successfully, but he hasn't got that raw pace. Now, Bar Barry can have. shift, Clive. I disagree with you there. Barry can shift. <laughs> I'm glad you said shift. Uh, Richard in the comments <laughs> says, uh, I feel that the defence has cost us this season rather than goals scored. We are not learning defensively from our mistakes. When Pim saved the penalty against Grimsby, no Stags player reacted. When the Orient shot hit the post, no Stags player reacted. Twice in four games, we haven't reacted quick enough. Basic defending. Jim, what's your thoughts on that? I think it, uh, oh, it's things they teach you at school, isn't it? You know, don't, you know, don't stop. Go to the last whistle and all that. You know, you, the things like that, penalties especially, you know, it's a set piece, isn't it? You, everybody runs in it the, for the rebound, don't they? And it's just it's basic, basic things. And um, picking up what they were talking about before about pace, I think you can have all the pace in the world. It's been a, what's been noticeable for me this season is that there's no, there's no movement. Everybody's so static. People at perch and the fullbacks are getting the ball. Nobody's moving. And they're sticking their hands in the air as if to say who wants it. And nobody's making a run for it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you don't, you don't always have to be lightning quick. Just, you know, engage the brain and exploit space. It is. I mean, the fact was that even when they were down to 10 players, we didn't have any space. 
So we weren't <laughs> we weren't taking advantage of the extra player, and they were pressed too much by it. But the space must have been there, mustn't it? Somewhere, somewhere. If if we you know moved and probed, but we just it, all season it's been too static for me. Alan, is is the problem on on Tuesday the fact that either a we we just ran completely out of energy and everything took its toll, or b we didn't react enough because for me, I was screaming in my head when they went down to 10 men to get the subs on, just to make the changes and gamble. I get it. If it's in October and you've got all season to go, you don't want to risk those players if you're in that injury plight. But with three games to go, with it being the game in hand, that game at that point was there for the taking. And for me, we failed to react again. <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> Libby, agree. Libby probably agrees with you there. Yeah, but it is it's like 50-50, do you or don't you? You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I do agree that uh, you know, when they went down to 10, we didn't seem to exploit them as much as I would hope we would have done. I can say that much. In the I company... think I think Clough is damned if he doesn't, damned if he doesn't at the moment. That's another discussion for another time, I think. Uh, Adam in the comments says, DKD had pace and waited for the foul. Go and get a shot off. Lots of people I'm seeing on social media and who I'm having conversations with just talking about the, the frustration of uh, wanting to walk the ball into the back of the net all the time. But, you know, we can't do anything about it now. We have got two games left to go, and it's only those games uh, wondering a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Um, final point from uh, from Tuesday and uh, reflective point from Marie, who says, wondering why we still have all 11 defending corners, leaving the only way to clear is it who fit up the pitch and we're too slow to push out. Oates is not enough, got, is not enough to chase the long balls from his own penalty box. Common sense tells you to leave one back and they leave two. Um, badly needed a goal on Tuesday and it's ping pong along the back line and to Pim. They're all knackered by half time. Certain decisions. I think Marie has definitely got a point there, Alan. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Marie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to say, because if you leave a player up, like she said, you know, they normally leave two back or if you leave two up, they leave three back, you know, but uh, it's, it's not the way that Nigel likes to do things and, you know, it's one of those things, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, right. So that's enough gripes about uh, Clough for now and uh, our our lack of uh, creativity and instinct in front of goal. Clive, you know, you on your name tag tonight, nobody can see it because we've got different graphics on. So do you want to, uh, uh, with having Jim on the phone, we have the little voice tag. So the graphics go, the name graphics go off. So do you want to tell people what your, uh, ref, what your name is on the little name banner tonight? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an allusion to the uh, Trevor Kettle scale of efficiency. We, I, I judge players, uh, referees now on the Trevor Kettle scale. And the more t kettles I award, the worse the um, performance uh, of that official. Trevor Kettle being a notable, shitty referee that we've had. Um, and so I have a scale of one to five. Uh, and it wasn't, the scale was all wrong for this game. I had to award, I had to award a nine and a half kettles um, for this. Well, I don't know what the chap's name is, but he was the worst referee I have ever witnessed at Fieldville in my time watching Fatman Mansfield Town play. And, and uh, he lost the game in the first three or four minutes, in my opinion. Oh, the, 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 um, the kettle for what was completely wrong. Absolutely wrong. He, I think he got the sending off right. Um, but beyond that, I mean, the guy was a clown, an absolute clown. And, uh, you know, there's no surprise that nearly <laughs> half the ground was singing you don't know what you're doing at some point, because he clearly didn't know what he was doing. Anyway, enough of that. He's probably, yeah. a, very, probably a very nice person. Yes, but he still scores 10 out of 10, 10 out of 5 on the, uh, the kettle scale. I like it very much indeed. Uh, Alan Wilson, I've got one very specific question for you to just tick off something in my mind from Tuesday and then we can have a break and move on to other factors. And that is, were they forced into a change before the game? Because they, I noticed their goalkeeper, Lawrence Vigoro, yes. was named yeah. on the team. Vigoro went, Vigoro well, went down, didn't he? And we, we were saying that. There were quite a few of us stood around and watching him. And I said, oh, you know, it'll probably be a ploy or something. But yes, it was injured. And that's why the uh, sergeant, I think, his name. But yeah. I don't know who they actually put back on the bench to replace him. I don't know whether they did. 
No, I don't know. Because I didn't get any, uh, you know, mentions of it. But yes, he was replaced. Uh, did you just have to figure that out by shirt number, or did somebody have a word in your ear? No, I figured it out by shirt number. Alan Wilson, the absolute genius that is uh, the Mansfield <laughs> Town PA announcer. And the uh, man of the match, uh, sponsor, sponsored by whoever it was, was number 24. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Alfie Kilgore, welcome back to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans by the fans. I uh, hope you're having uh, a nice time with us tonight. As always, come and get your comments uh, in on the show for the fans by the fans. We're joined on the panel tonight by Clive Parkin. Hello. Hiya. Mr. Alan Wilson. Hello. Good evening. And on the phone by uh, Stags fan Jim Evans. Hello. Hello. Just in case, in that brief 10 seconds break, you forgot who was on the podcast. And I'm Craig. Nice to meet you. You should know this by now. We're on Series 6, Episode 46. Come on. If you don't know who we are by now, you never are. Right. Craig, um, before we go any further, can I just tell you that last night I couldn't sleep very well. So I, I came downstairs and switched the television on and went onto Sky. And there was the match uh, that they were televising the uh, League 2 playoff final between Coventry City and Exeter City. Coventry won and got promoted and exited for the second season running, didn't I mean, appeared at Wembley. And in the Exeter side, in goals, was Christy Pym. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, Mr. Boateng yes. playing for him. Although he's, I have to say that Boateng was completely anonymous in that game. I think he was Shock. M- marked out of the game completely. But uh, Pym, he had, to, had some saves to make, but he did concede three goals. And two of the goals were the sort of goals we've seen at Field Mill. Well, there you go. A little bit of uh, midnight homework that Clive conducted. I stumble uh, across these things in my uh, inability to sleep. That should, uh, for a moment, I thought you were going to say that I stumbled across the Channel 4 show Celebrity Hunted and then I'd have listened to the uh, podcast at Hunted Podcast, at Hunted Pod, if you're interested in all that sort of thing. Moving on. Right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to uh, outside influencers, uh, Alan. Um, obviously, Will Swan and Riley Harbottle on loan from Nottingham Forest. And something occurred to me the other day. This could well be me being cynical, but I think there is something uh, in this. Because they are on loan from uh, another club, when it comes to injuries and, and monitoring those injuries, the majority of the treatment and the treatment plan is actually put together um, by the parent club. So they have uh, a bigger say, or at least a say, um, on how long someone can play or whether or not they are declared fit to play because Will Swan comes on and looks really, really sharp and everyone's going, this is what we're missing, but it's too little, too late. Have the medical team at Nottingham Forest said he's only good for half an hour? And realistically, our medical team might be going, nah, he's all right for an hour or or he's all right to start. Are those outside influences maybe playing a little part or is that me being cynical Craig again? I, I, I would imagine it's you being, to a certain degree, it's being cynical Craig again. But they might have the last say. You might be right, Craig. Who knows? I mean, Swan gave it all he got when he came on. Now, here, how long was he on for? 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was, 10 minutes. But, you know, he certainly gave full, uh, you know, full throttle to that 10 minutes. Perhaps that's all he could do. I mean, we'll never know. We'll never know, you know, this whether they say, you know, it can only do so much or whatever, because he was on the bench last week, but didn't come on, you know, for whatever reason. You've got to, cert- you, to a certain degree, you've got to abide by what the 
you know, the club says, because as, as we all know, they are in the Premier League. If that was the case, though, Clive, and you were Nigel Clough, would you not be thinking with three games to go, I actually don't give a shit what they say. If, I, if my team, who I trust and I work with, you know, every single day are saying that he's, he's fit enough to play and that he can get through 70 minutes as opposed to, to 20 or 30, would, would you be inclined to uh, just sort of maybe bend the rules a little bit and, uh, and, and do what you want to do rather than be governed by those potential outside sources? I suppose there's a balance, isn't there? If um, if Mansfield Town Football Club wants to have benefit of association with Nottingham Forest in future seasons, what they don't want to do is bugger it up with the players we've got on loan now. Having said that, I'm perhaps a bit naive, but I, if I was tough, I wouldn't want to take loan players on if there were too many conditions attached to their involvement. You know, you have to trust the club that's taking the player forward. And... Uh, I think there's a conditionality around the PIM thing. That's yep. why we have that. Um, and I think uh, if Forrest are going to continue to micromanage these two players, I wouldn't have wanted them on the squad if, if I'd known about that and I was bluff. But I'm probably being naive. I don't know. I think uh, Clive might have a little bit of a point with, with, with that, Jim, because you know you do look at the PIM situation and uh, you do wonder whether it's a, a contractual thing that he has to play as part of his loan deal. We certainly had it last season with, with, with Matty Longstaff when he came on loan from Newcastle United. And we've had it previously with other players as well that have been loaned to us that, that on the condition that if they're deemed fit, they have to play. They have to play X amount of games. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not privy to all this sort of contractual terms, are we? But I, I'd have thought, you know, there's probably a standard as regards whether he's fit or not. That'd be probably pretty standard, you know, throughout all professional clubs. I wouldn't have thought there'd be much difference between clubs there. But what my thing would be around around bending the rules. I'd have thought it wouldn't be in your interest to take a chance on players because football's a small, it's a small village, isn't it? If, if you take a chance with a player that's not even yours and they get injured and they're out for a long time, it won't just be Forrest who know about it. Everyone will know about it. And no one will loan to you again, you know. And I think you've got to be looked at it from that point of view. You know, if you get a reputation for breaking players because you've rushed them back, then people are going to think twice before they loan to you. Yeah, you, are, you are damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm going to put this one to, to, to you, Clive. Uh, Simon's been in touch in the comments because I know that you have strong opinions on this. And uh, I'm inclined to agree to a degree as well, actually. Uh, with all the injuries, Simon says, uh, uh, do we need to question our strength and conditioning coach methods every game we seem to lose at least one player to an injury and like we've said previously on on the podcast Clive and and in various conversations with different people we've never known a time in Mansfield Town's uh, history where we are hit with so many injuries and it has seemed to be a consistent theme of the Nigel Clough reign hasn't it? It has and I have to say that as someone who knows nothing about physiotherapy and training professional athletes, I'm left with a lay person's opinion is that I think they are either underfit or overfit. <laughs> I know that sounds like I'm covering all bases there, but you know, to me, I think you can be 101% taught as an athlete and very quickly snap something. And I think we've seen some injuries which weren't directly a result of an injury in the game. And I think it's, that's possibly what I'm alluding to, but I have to say, I don't know for sure. I'm more concerned about some of the recruitment we've made where the players have come with a reputation for being injured and having a background of injuries. And then we're surprised when they get injured. You know, Louis Reed is one of them. Mm. Um, although, you know, you have to take a chance on some of these people. Hartigan, for God's sake. Can anybody remember Hartigan playing for us? <laughs> I remember him popping his shoulder at Grimsby and saying to whoever was sat beside me at the time, which probably was you, to be fair, Clive, we ain't seen him again for a long time. Well, you know, he was our free kick specialist, of course. We've missed out on so many free kicks and superb corners because Hartigan hasn't played, I think. Anyway, I don't know the answer. I have an opinion that I think some of our training is too driven by performance stats rather than people's own individual physiology. I mean, in the past, there's been players, and somebody's mentioned, Jim mentioned Jan Mulvey earlier on, carry weight. They better carry it well. They've got a wise head that they can work with a body which isn't 100% right. 
And I think our modern players, generally speaking, are much better physical specimens. But are they necessarily better footballers for it? I'll give you are two. They, are they better, more resilient footballers for it? I'll give you two prime examples using Mansfield Town's history, Alan. Uh, one, Matt Reed. Two, current example, Kieran Wallace. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, and I mean that in the nicest way possible because I think even yeah. even he has admitted that he's on the start, slightly stockier side of uh, what he should be for his age and his position. But he he does it superbly well. And actually, since Christmas, since he's come in and CDM, you can't argue with the results, and uh, he will feel hard done by because of his booking on uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I felt very sorry for for him on Tuesday because all he was doing was watching the ball. He'd got his eyes nowhere else whatsoever. He was watching the ball come down and he ends up getting booked for it. And, you know, it's hard done to the lad because he's had such a good run in the team, which is deserved. And it's proved, it's proved his point by the more matches he's played, the better he's got. He's not yeah. the most intelligent player. That's the thing. And I, I think uh, uh, I can understand why Clough would take him off at half time, simply because he was likely to get a red at some point. Um, it judged the referee right. I think the referee was probably going to... F- want to waggle his red card in his direction at some point but i wasn't a big fan of of wallace i know craig had much more respect for him than i did but he's won me round and providing the ball's coming at him he's really good i think where he lacks is that turnability that that ability to quickly go back and and pick up balls that have escaped other players but i mean and he's not the brightest sharpest knife in the draw. There's no question about that. But give him the job to do that he's been doing this last couple of games and he does it really well. Yeah, that is exa- the exact prime example of a, a robust footballer. I used to say it about Paul Digby and people used to slag me off and uh, and that used to be a running joke on the podcast. But I'm going to say it uh, Say it again. Kieran Wallace is a new Paul Digby. is the anchor of our side and I guarantee anchor. you this. When he... I said anchor with an A. <laughs> I guarantee when he's not playing, we will miss him. Big shout out for him to be playing left back on Saturday. Uh, going to go to some more comments, then we're going to move uh, on to a little bit of a, a slightly different topic. We're going to look at the uh, fixtures to come. Uh, ticking off the injury boxes in the comments, um, Richard says, I feel there are some underlying issues for so many players getting injured. I have questioned the training pitch as a potential issue uh, with that one. Uh, Andy adds, injuries possibly reflect Clough's liking of smaller, neat, tidy footballers. If we had a few more robust bruisers like Kilgore, then perhaps we'd have less injury problems. Uh, right, uh, let's move on and uh, have a look at the final couple of games. Um, Jim, we were... Talking- That's awesome. <laughs> That fast the traffic cone. Uh, Jimmy, we were talking uh, before, you know, earlier in the show about um, the the final two games of the season, and we were talking about outside influences and what Mansfield's failure to do on Tuesday in terms of winning and and getting back in the playoffs and putting it in their own hands has done has just put it in the hands of others. But if you look at the fixture list for this coming Saturday afternoon, so many of the teams in and around us play either each other. Or teams that can, you know, that, that have either done it or seal promotion, it is absolutely um, wide open still, isn't it? it? It's really difficult to call. So actually, in some respects, losing on Tuesday night, as much as it hurt and as much as it puts a bit of pressure on the need for others, it is still on the table. It's not over. Oh yeah, we're lucky, aren't we? Looking at the fixtures elsewhere on Saturday, someone somewhere is going to drop points. I think. Um... It's all for go to Carlisle. Yeah, so that's that's a tough away game. Um, so yeah, I think we're lucky from that point of view. I mean, coming out of the ground on Tuesday, you know, it was all doom and gloom, and everyone that's it. And you know, and uh, but now it's very much still on. Uh, we've obviously got to make sure we do our bit, but um, I, th- I think it'll go right to the last day. I think it'll go right to the last twenty minutes against Colchester. It will still be, you know, on the knife edge whether we do it or not. I'm looking forward to going to Colchester this year because I think you're right. I think it's going to be the big game. Yeah, I, I think we'll win Saturday. I really do. I think we're going to throw the absolute kitchen sink at it again. They're safe now, aren't they? So, I mean, obviously we said that about Leighton Orient. They won the league, but I think you know Harrogate really have got nothing to. They just want the end of the season now. They're safe. We, that's we it. hate Harrogate. We hate Harrogate, but I, I, think we'll I think we'll beat them. We do to beat them, aren't we? We do. We do for it. Uh, and they have all this season, so 
let's delve into those fixtures a little bit, Alan, then, and, and have a little look uh, and just sort of uh, analyse those games and what it could potentially mean for those who are playing it. So, uh, Leighton Orient, um, they play fourth place Stockport at home. So, uh, that's Leighton Orient's final home game of the season. And whilst many might think they've done it, the champions, they're up, with it being their last home game of the season, they want to sign off as champions at home in style. And, and, and that's going to put uh, a bit of onus on it. So Stockport aren't going to go there and uh, and get an easy afternoon like we did and on Tuesday night. They're going to get the, exactly the same thing. No, they'll uh, get the, I would imagine they'll be presented with the trophy, you know, so it'll be a, you know, umdinger of a day for Leighton Orient. But just going back to what Jim said and what, you know, probably yourself and Clive have said, if you just think about it, what did we think about the, uh, you know, saying, oh, Sulphur's got to go to Carlisle? I'm not cobwashing anything because you know me, I'm Mr. Positive. But, you know, what did we think when we went to Carlisle? I thought, oh, now this is a really tough one. And 34 minutes in, we're 4 0 up. You know, swings and roundabouts, Craig. You know, it's all still to play for. And I agree with Jim. I think it will come down to the last 20 minutes or so of the Colchester game, you know, when things could get decided. You know, being a pessimist, I have a real problem with that saying swings and roundabouts. Because if you stand around about too long, you get dizzy. And when you're on a swing, you have that awesome high until you get to the top. And then, bang, gravity whips it away from you and you, and, and, uh, you go flying backwards. Uh, Clive, let's uh, have a look at some more of those fixtures. Um, we've said about Leighton Orient and Stockport. Um, also in and around us, Bradford in seventh, um, who are above us uh, only on goal difference by two. They go to Northampton. And Northampton on Saturday, at home at Sixfields, if they win, they're promoted. Yeah, uh, it's a good, that's probably the best game of the weekend, I think. The Northampton are capable of, of beating anybody, but Bradford are best on the road. So I think uh, it's going to be a really interesting game with that one. And of course, as we've said earlier in this podcast, it's all about Andy Cook. Get him out of the game, Northampton will win. Yeah. Uh, the next one, of course, Jim, is uh, we've, we've mentioned that the Carlisle and Salford uh, game, that's in itself. Um, the, the other big one for me um, is looking at the Stevenage game. Now, they don't play anybody in terms of uh, in and around us. They play Grimsby in 11th, who, of course, season's over and done for them. They're dead rubbers. They're safe. They can't reach the playoffs. They've had a good uh, first season back in the league. Uh, but, of course, Stevenage on Saturday um, at home also can can if results go their way seal promotion themselves having been uh, in the top three all season if stevenage win and stockport and carlisle lose they will be promoted um even if um bradford win and uh, stevenage win it won't it won't matter because bradford can't catch them mathematically so uh, a stevenage win plus results elsewhere could mean they're promoted which puts a lot on that game, doesn't it? Again, all of those the top, the, those top three teams arguably have something to play for, Jim. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, from a, it's good, really, because it helps because they're playing those teams around us in the playoffs. It, it, it does us a favour, doesn't it? But I, I, as a Stags fan, I'm not really too fussed about the top three now this season. It's gone for us. And I'm just more worried about what, what Salford are going to do and I suppose Bradford to a point. But, um, but this is why yeah. this is why I'm saying it because it, it's it's those teams that who we are mathematically close to are playing those top three sides. And what I'm saying yeah. about the Stevenage game is the fact that you know Stockport can still catch them, Carlisle can still catch them if they slip up. So that gives that another incentive to that game. So there is so much going on. There are so yeah. many cogs turning. There's yeah. so much pressure on every team. It's it's a pressure cooker now. From a from a neutral's point of view, it's a good league to watch, isn't it? It's a good spectacle. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. yeah, it is. And of course, uh, just on that as well, you know, with, with the uh, uh, the placings, obviously we can't mathematically now go automatically. Um, there's too much between us and, and Stevenage in third. Um, so for me, Clive, I don't know whether this is pessimism or I think this is probably reality, to be honest, if we're really drilling into it and really looking at the factors, we're playing for seventh. And the only yeah. team we need to concern ourselves with, other than ourselves, is what Bradford do. Because they're the ones with the game in hand and they're the ones who have got the two toughest games, uh, well, other than the, the, the crew game in hand, 
of the season. They've got Northampton on Saturday, and then their final game of the season is the champions, Leighton Orient at home, who likewise, with wanting to win at home on Saturday, will want to win away at Bradford to end the season on a high. Yeah, it's making my head hurt. This I can't, I can't go with it. But we, uh, we've only the only thing we should be concerned about is beating uh, Harrogate, um, because unless we beat Harrogate, we can wave bye bye to it all. And I think uh, the final game of the season may well be pointless in that respect. But the league table is a very accurate description of how things have panned out. You know, after forty odd games, it tells a true story. And the fact is, we are on the fringe. We didn't intend to be. That wasn't the game plan, but we are. And the fact we still have a chance, despite everything that's gone on, gives me reason for optimism. Because yeah. if we be, if we take six points from the two games that's left, it, the chances are someone else is going to drop a few. Um, and yeah. that, that just gives us a chance. And I'd like it to be, you know, I'd like Bradford to drop away, I think, because uh, they, they upset me. They, they're Billy Big Bollocks, aren't they, at the end of the day? But we, uh, but also everybody hates Salford, uh, including me. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't really care. When we get into the playoffs, there's going to be plenty of room for my, uh, uh, my pet hatreds. Yeah, it's not when, it's if. Um, <laughs> Marie in the comments, Alan, I know you're going to put a positive spin on this because it's what you do, but you can't deny that she's right with this. We shouldn't have to look at others cocking up. Three games in hand and only one point gained. Silly points lost throughout the season. We, it's, if we fall out, if we fall short, it's not, our, it's not the impact of others gaining points or whatever. It's the impact of us not being good enough. 100%. Yep, you can't argue with that. Top, top, leagues, top goal scorers in League Two, and we're not we we we're fighting to to scratch around for the seventh spot. You can't. The only thing you can say is what other people have said in the past, and they will say for the next two games. It's just unbelievable that we're still hanging in there. We've got a chance with the injuries we've had, and that's, that's about it. all you can say, because you know other teams have had injury. I've had injuries, should I say, not injuries. And, uh, you know, bigger squads, whatever, they've coped with it. But, you know, it's I've just one of those things. Get on that note, Alan, the, the positive that comes out of all of what you've just said is that in the last 10 games, we've lost once. and We've lost once to the champions. Yeah. Um, that's it. And we've had to, we've had a ragbag squad to pick from. We've had players playing out of position. We've had players playing with broken legs. We've done incredibly well, given yeah. the circumstances. We shouldn't have had to be in that position. That's another argument, but we are. And just, uh, there's on. no reason why we can't revert back to not losing against Harrogate and Colchester. Yes, there is. There is a reason that we were there is, say something here. There, I can there, is, there is a reason. And his name is Elliot Hewitt, because without Hewitt, we can't do it. Fact. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on, Craig. Very good. Without Hewitt, we can't do it. Come oh, on, get, right. give me one for Hartigan then. <laughs> oh look, it's Anthony Hart it's Anthony Hartigan. Oh what a shock. We're a partigan. Oh no, no, no. He's no, a year no. older. He's <laughs> a year older with a mended shoulder. Oh no, 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 no. no, no. no, no. no I don't know. We'll work on that. Whilst we're we no think about that. Um Jim, I'm gonna to come to you first uh, as we we're about to say goodbye, and that is of course to, to look at uh like Nigel Clough says, one game at a time. So we look solely at Harrogate and it's time to do podcast predictions. As the uh, the guest on tonight's show, uh, you know how podcast predictions uh, works uh, by now. Uh, give us your prediction for uh, Saturday afternoon at home to Harrogate aside, who statistically we've never beaten. Jim, what's your prediction? I think it's going to be an absolute tooth pull into one win. An absolute small fest. Um I think first goal in the 30th minute. Okay, well, there you go. That's Jim's prediction. Let's check in with the podcast prediction table. A little bit of movement this week. Uh, in 10th place, it's Roger. Ninth is Adam, one point ahead. JS is in eighth. Then it's Nathan Uzi in, uh, in seventh. Um, joint fifth, Cam and Kathy on 44 points apiece. Steve Naden is in fourth on 46. Then the top three 
is Ben, our podcast um, predictions guru on 47. And then a little bit like League Two, we have a runaway leader in Clive Parkin on 57 points. In second place, Alan Wilson on 48. Um, So, Alan, as you're in second, I'm going to let you go first this time. Harrogate at home, Mr Optimism himself. Mansfield Town 3, Harrogate Town 0, 17th minute. Clive, the leader of the pack. Mansfield Town 3, Harrogate 1, 8th minute. Okay. Um, My heart is saying go for a win. Come on, Craig. You can do it. Come on. But my head... Is saying that we are going to continue our poor streak against Harrogate. It's going to be all over on Saturday. We're going to lose 2 0. Without Hewitt, we can't do it. The first goal, by the way, will come in the second minute. They're going to come out of the traps and we're going to be like gone and our heads will will just implode. I hope that I'm wrong. If anything, I'm doing reverse psychology now. I'm playing Nathan's trick. Please go and prove me wrong. But I just don't feel it. Without Hewitt, we can't do it. Uh, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, you can. The link that you need is in the description. You must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. And Can I just uh, say that Louis, Louis Reed is all we need? Uh, I wanted to come up with something for Wallace, but um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to do. Uh, Jim, thanks so much for joining us on the Mansfield Matters podcast tonight. This is your opportunity to have the, uh, the, the, the final word. Andy says in the comments, doom and gloom, Craig. Come on, six series in. You should know that I am Mr. Pessimism by now. It's all reverse psychology. I don't mean it in my heart, but my head. My head tells the truth. Uh, Jim, final word uh, from you. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Two games to go. It's not quite in our hands, but in your heart of hearts, can the Stags achieve a playoff finish for the second season in a row? Oh, absolutely, yeah. As I tell my 10-year-old son, just concentrate on doing the next thing well on a football pitch. But um, it's just a lottery, in it? We'll see. Oh, I so want to pick that apart. But I'm not going to do because you've been the guest and you've been fantastic for us tonight. <laughs> so I'm not going to do. Uh, Jim, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Will you come on again, yeah? But, uh, yeah, of course I will, yeah. Enjoyed it, yeah. Top man. Thanks so much for having us, um, uh, for, for joining us tonight. That's Jim, everybody. Say bye Say bye to Jim. Bye, bye to Jim. See you, guys. See you, sir. There you go, he's gone. Um, thanks. Can so I just say you. as well, we, we, without Clark, we have no bark. Oh, for God's sake. Alan, come on. You know you, you know you. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna gonna throw one in. He's taken a bit of stick lately. Um we spoke about him earlier in the show. But without Christy Pym, our chances, ha, huh, that they look dim. Not oh. Oh, Slim. <laughs> you had to go and steal it, didn't you? You had to go and steal my thunder. Do you know what? Alan Wilson out. Bring back Jim. I'm having, I'm yeah. having We're Nathan when I need him. Shocking. Yeah. As always, thanks for your company tonight, fellas. We'll see Can you. Can I just say, Craig, I was a little bit uncomfortable with Jim tonight. I thought he brought too much sanity to the <laughs> Well, we do need that every now and again. Uh, as always, if you want to come on the Mansfield Matters podcast, uh, do get in touch via all things social media. We'd love to have you on. We always like having extra voices uh, here and there. Um, Gentlemen, I have a bit of a potential proposal. We'll talk about this more in the uh, group chat next week. But, of course, next week, it's the final game of the season. And you know what? I'm done with webcams. I'm done with faulty microphones. I'm done with headsets. I think we all need to be in the same room. We've not done a podcast at my new house yet. I've been here for four months. Boys, it's time to get your mugs ready. It's time to come round. See you next week in person. Depending on the day, definitely. We'll make it work for Alan Wilson. And I guarantee this, Nathan still won't be here. We'll, 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 we'll sort that out next time. Right, we're off. Thanks so much for joining us. And you know what? For all the pessimistic talk, for all the head-rolling heart, it's irrelevant. Do you know why? Because at the end of the day, regardless of whether it's in our hands or not, Mansfield will always matter. Got the catchphrase in. Good night. <laughs>Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as always, to the panel and, of course, to you guys at home. 
Whether you've been watching or listening, your interaction is always welcome here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Don't forget to get involved in the podcast predictions game. The link that you need is in the description. And you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. The Stags face Harrogate Town then at Wonkall Stadium. Can they get a victory against a side that in the last few seasons have become their bogey side? And can Mansfield keep that playoff dream alive? Join us next week to reflect on that as we go into the final weekend of the season with one word in our minds and hearts. It's a simple one. It's got four letters. Hope. Good night. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.